Daddy, this is crazy, man. You got everybody thinking that we're kissing sisters out. See, I mean, at this what, point, what Danny, you're drunk. Because you know how you know how everybody says when you it's when you tie, it's like a brother and sister kissing. Like, no, you never you heard that. You never heard before? that? Oh, you're a wild, no. bro. That's the battered way of looking at things, though, right? Because we're the battered hair on speed. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the herons are bad. I mean, are back. You know what I mean. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 43 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada. Alongside me, as always, on Woo Wednesdays is Mr. KBD himself. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. I had to represent Woo because it is, like you said, Woo Wednesday. And for those of you who do watch the show, if you haven't seen last week's episode where it talks about the Jizz's album, you have to watch it immediately it's one of the best episodes i've ever seen on the show but aside from that doing good just came off vacation last week uh had some personal things i had to run into this week so that's why we couldn't power through and get an episode last week and also the one on monday uh but we're here to rock and roll brother we're here we're ready to drop dimes on you guys all right and unfortunately it's not going to be necessarily a fun episode because we're coming off our third straight loss. And if I remember correctly, when we last spoke, last time we recorded, we had Ian Heston, and both of you predicted not just a win, but you guys said that we needed to slaughter Chicago. Now, that was anything but a slaughtering. What did you think of that game? Listen, I I don't I think I spoke to you a little bit about the game. I, I thought that the game was really weird. I thought it was a super weird game, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a terrible loss to Chicago that we took. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at the starting lineup, like you know, we were sitting there, and I'm like, they're gonna start this guy, and then they're gonna put this guy over there. It just a lot of it was weird. The whole game was just weird to me. I, I, what what did you think about the game? Well, let's start breaking down the game. So first of all, with the starting eleven, I understand why they went with Uyoa. We have nobody else to play CDM now that Gregory is down. And I think for the most part, at first, he didn't look necessarily horrible. But you could definitely yeah. see that there's a huge drop-off from Gregory to Uyoa. And Uyoa, unfortunately, we have two people that technically played the six for us. Gregory, and then last year, towards the end of the year, it was Mota, right? Those are our two sixes. Mota likes to push up, right? So he's not necessarily the best defender. He's not going to be that bulldog that Gregory was. And Uyoa also is not a bulldog. He's not necessarily great defending. And he also doesn't yeah. have the touch that Mota has. So Uyoa's lacking on both fronts. So if that's the best option we have, we're in trouble. Because Uyoa just didn't do anything for us this Sunday, this Saturday. But look, you know what really bothers me is that everybody's like, oh, we're done. We lost Gregory. Like, he was a bulldog on defense he's a hustler he could play right but it's not yeah. like this guy is the the point god like he's not great with his passes so but he's like, crucial it's not like but it's not like offensively he made much of a day i mean he's not blasting him like jean mota like let me let me tell you something one thing that i gotta i gotta disagree with you on is i'm starting to respect jean mota's uh blasting skills by the way but again but you're thinking I, I just think offensively that, but I don't th- but I don't see Gregory as like this offensive guru guy like yeah he's a bulldog on defense he hustles like crazy 
Victor Yoa is not at the same capacity or hustle as Gregory. But at the same time, like offensively, we listen, one of the things that I really hated about this game, and I brought it up last last time we were out there when that we were out there, I really hated the fact that you could tell that they were so crippled in the middle, literally working. And, and right before they started the game, I started to notice that Drake was practicing his little outlet passes. I'm like, well, this is weird. And then all game, you see him doing his little outlet passes because they're working through the sides. It's freaking uh, early 2022 all over again. But at the same time, like we just have been moving through the middle. Like what the hell's going on? So, yes, Uyoa, just like how I mentioned all the time, Lucas, it's like Haslam, he's got to be on the team at some capacity forever, right? This guy's going to be coughing up his lung at 80 years old, going to be on the team, but he has to be there. The game before this one, we had Mota and, uh, and Bryce Duke trying to fill in uh, for Gregory, right? And we felt like they were both staying really back, right? They weren't pushing forward like Mota yeah. usually does. This game, it was yeah. different. They put in Uyoa so that Mota had that freedom to push forward. But what ended up happening, in my opinion, is that you know how everybody likes to talk tactics, right? 4-3-3, 5-3-1, whatever. I felt like yeah. we were playing a 2-8. It was just a 2-8. It was McVeigh <laughs> and Kristoff and then just everybody just running around up top because it was a disaster back there. And when it came to Drake finding his outlets, it was either McVeigh on his left, Kristoff on his right, and then or just kick it long. And that's what it became. We weren't playing out of the back anymore because you couldn't. And going back to Yedlin and um, and Negri, Negri played great on offense, right? He was, yeah. he is great when he's pushing up. But the issue that we're having is that Negri and Yedlin are assisting too much on offense. We're being left naked back there, and we don't have Gregory back there to help out. And that's where our fault is. That's where we're gonna get. That's where we're going to feel the, the loss of Gregory the most. If we're going to keep playing with these wing backs, where we count on them yeah. contributing a lot on offense. Because without uh, Gregory back there, it, it's apparent that we're just naked. It's literally just Kristoff and, and McVeigh back there. That's all we have. And Listen, but that, they that's, scored twice uh -huh. on us because of that. No, they scored twice on us because, uh, like what everybody likes to call him, Midlin instead of Yedlin. No, he, but don't, you can't blame it on him. But look, you know what? Let me tell you something. There was a lot of people hating on Kristoff, and Kristoff shouldn't get any blame on this. I, I, don't, like, I didn't hear that. I was I was reading all over the place. Kristoff, I mean, let me tell you. Let me not let me not even get started on you Facebook people. Okay, get out of here with this fire fill crap. Uh, like, I, I, I don't use I don't use Facebook. Listen, I'm done with you guys. If you guys are on that Facebook page and you're watching the show, get out of here. Okay, because we're not doing that <laughs> Phil Neville talk, that fire fill. Get out. Look, Yedlin gave up a lot of space behind him. And one of the plays that I really looked at that I thought was super sus was the fact that Yedlin was just jogging back and they caught us with our pants down with Yedlin moving no. up. Now, but you know what? Now, what? Go ahead. Uh huh. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say they have Yedlin and Negri running back and forth the entire field all game. They're playing wing backs, but like they're they're playing it because he's playing all the way up that flank on the right side, Negri up on the left. Yeah. When he had his assist, it was all the way up to the left flank. So when it gets to the 90th minute, these guys are gassed, and we yes. don't have the depth to put, to put anybody in. They took Negri out. He he was nicked up like he is every game, but they took him out like the 80th minute. But they had nobody to replace Yedlin, 
So he had to just keep going back and forth. That last goal, he was trying to win a ball in the midfield, and that's when – not an excuse. He has to get back. I get it. But in the 92nd minute, he's trying to catch up to uh, – is this guy that scored? Um, uh, to Kamara. Kamara. He's trying to catch up to Kamara. Kamara's been in there for 10 minutes. And I understand that Yedlin should be faster than him, but he's gassed. Again, it's not an excuse. Yedlin has to get back. That's his job. That's his position. But, man, like, we need more depth at the wings. And if we're going to have those guys playing like that, you need to sub them out because they're not going to have the energy. And that's going to start happening a lot more often. Well, let me and let me tell you something. I, I you brought up a question uh, on the show sheet. Is Uyoa the answer? Right. Look, I don't want to say because he's not the answer, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to spew out a take real quick, and you tell me if it's hot or not. Okay. All right. All right. I think that mm-hmm. with the intensity that this player plays with. He can match the intensity of Gregory. I don't know about defensively, but maybe a little bit better in the passing. I think that Kramashi would be perfect for that position. I think that Kramashi would be great because, first of all, he's a crazy person, right? He's like, (laughs) when I see him getting on on the field, I automatically think this guy's getting a yellow card in 45 seconds. So that already matches the reputation of Gregory, right? Let's just get, let's just even it out right there. But if we if we don't have an answer, or if we're not going to p- pick up an answer, I really think that that and this is coming out of left field. You tell me if I'm wrong or not. I think that Kramashi could be a pretty decent fill-in if it's not Uyoa. I mean, what, what do you uh, think? I, I don't I don't know if he's known for his defensive prowess. Like he is a, a, a center midfield. He is like a a, a Mota Bryce Duke. Um, but you know what? I'm willing to test anybody out. Because I don't think Uyoa is the answer. And if you're not going to be good defensively, like Uyoa really isn't, at least be good distributing the ball. So Because Uyoa is not really good at that either. So if we're going to have somebody that's bad defensively at the six, then at least have somebody that can distribute the ball and help us out that way. Because I'm run around like a crazy person. And to, to answer Steve Munoz, if he said if you're yelling and he's exhausted, he shouldn't push up so high. And that last goal, he hadn't pushed up high. He was approaching the midfield line, and when he did, he went in. I mean, he shouldn't have gone in so aggressively, but he went in to win a ball. He didn't win it, and then he got caught flat-footed. And, yes, like everybody's saying, he, it didn't look like he was jogging back, but at that point, he was beat, and it sucks. He should have he should have hustled a little more, but like I said, he might have been exhausted. No excuse. He was, ba- he, he was basically playing striker the last couple seconds of the game. I mean, no. come on, man. But at that point, it was you – no, know, at that point, we were going for the goal. Like, we had to. We, we were going to lose. Everybody was up top. All right. So um, what did you think about those substitutions late in the game? Because I know a lot of people had issues. with.
Whoa, okay. All right. So something happened at Danny's house where his lights went out. And I'll go ahead and carry on the show without him. He should be getting on shortly in a couple minutes. Uh, but let's get back to what he was talking about, which was the questionable substitutions that were made uh, in the game. And I'll give you guys my opinion. Hopefully, by the time I finish my opinion, you guys will be able to have a good idea uh, of what Danny thinks when he gets on. Listen, uh, the whole opinion that I have is the Harvey Neville substitute over on the left side. That was fine. I get it. Negri is like living in a chamber at this point. Um, you know, he he puts out so much energy during the game that to me, I think having a good substitute, um, you know, Harvey Neville's okay. I, I think he's serviceable uh, coming in later in the game. So I thought that that substitution was fine. Uh, Kramashi and Lasseter coming in later in the game. You know, they both have high energy. They're very fast. Um, Kramashi seems to be more skilled uh, on the ball. And, I mean, at this point, those guys, I think that they're good players to substitute because of the difference in pace that they bring um, versus Mota and Uyoa. So I think that for sure, those two players coming in later in the game actually help us to be able to alleviate some of the exhausted players um, that are on that are on the on the field at that point. Um, a lot of people aren't going to agree with the opinion that I have with Borgelin. When he came on, I felt like he was just like always putting his arm up, waiting for like a, for like a, for like a volley in the air. And like if he just wanted to header it in all the time and I felt like he was just kind of being lazy, right? You're coming in later in the game and you're coming in to, to sort of help as a striker, right? But you're being kind of lazy at this point. Like we need you to kind of make those sort of backdoor cuts and you can be able to make a difference in the game, especially when you're talking about that. We aren't even having players that are lobbing it over uh, everybody else during the game. So if you're trying to work things from the sides, I feel like Borgelin, if he's not setting himself up in the middle, um, you know, I guess tactically, uh, then it's it's not great. He's a good player. Um, I feel like I feel like he was being a little bit lazy towards the end of the game. And I know that Ruiz came in the game. You know, that's fine. You know, he's a young player uh, trying to get some minutes. And Phil Neville loves playing young guys. I didn't really have two too many problems with the substitutions um i thought that it was kind of weird to keep stefanelli on the field um i don't know i don't know i mean when i saw stefanelli finally start um when i saw stefanelli finally start at the at the center forward position i actually wasn't surprised by it because that's like i guess his natural position even though in the post game, he ended up talking about how he could play like every position. Like who doesn't want to play every position on the field, right? I mean, we got like, I feel like we have like seven guys that want to play like 45 positions on this, even including goalie. Like maybe some of them could actually do better than Marsman possibly. Yeah. And and going to your comments, Steve, where, where you're seeing that he's playing more like a target forward. <sighs> Let me tell you, it's dangerous that they're going back to this Neville ball and they're playing through the flanks um, because that time in my life as a Inter-Miami fan was scary. 
super duper scary. And I didn't like that. Um, I mean, I, I liked it when we had the speedy side members on it, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. We're not, we're not used to working the sides like how we did before, you know? Uh, look, Lucas, living by <laughs> this guy, living diet by Neville Ball. Oh, man. So, right. Danny, so I, I, before, so I missed be- the last uh-huh. couple of minutes. I I didn't get to see you dropping some knowledge. Uh, my lights went out, but they're back on. Hopefully they stay on. But um, did you did you finish going over the game? Because we got uh, a guest to come on. Well, before you left, you, you asked the question mm-hmm. about questionable, questionable substitutions and I, I kind of froze like in frozen matrix land here. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got to pick this up. Um, I gave my opinions on the substitutions. I didn't have a problem with any of them except maybe Borgelin. Um, okay. Cause I, I felt like he was just being kind of lazy. Uh, but other than that, everybody else finds substitutions. So I guess. We so can... just real quick, just, just to wrap up this game, I thought it was messy. I thought there was no game played in the middle. It was either, their final third or our final third. I thought taking Mota out when we're trying to protect the lead or trying to win the game was kind of a bad move because he helps distribute the ball a lot. There was no ball distribution in midfield. I think it was just a mess. Danny, now with the Walmart Wi-Fi. It's not Walmart Wi-Fi. It was my life. This guy. I do live near a Walmart, so maybe there's a correlation there somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, right. so you, you so, got Walmart lights and Walmart FPL ass out there. There we go. So um, so that's enough about Chicago. It was a disaster. We're a disaster. Three-game losing streak. It's, 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 it's just a fucking hot mess. But joining us to add to our misery, we have Justin Blair joining us from Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Soccer Talk. Is it Cincy or Cincinnati? I could I couldn't remember if it was Cincy or Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the uh, uh, website, and Cincy is the Twitter handle. So, oh, look at you guys with a with a website. Look at you guys. All right. Well, thank you for joining us very much. I know that you guys must be living large because you guys are looking now. Oh yeah, yeah. Coming off of spoons to have a team like this, uh, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air for all of us supporters. So you guys, listen, you guys, are, you guys are legitimately, you guys are legitimately undefeated at this point still. And yes. you know what, Danny, since you brought up this new intro dickhead, right. About <laughs> kissing sisters. <laughs> I'm just gonna, yeah. it just so happens that we're playing against the team that the last time we played them was a tie. Now, before we get into soccer talk here, Justin, I have a question to ask. Have you ever heard the analogy of when two teams tie, it's like kissing your sister? Yes. No. Oh, 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 boom. What's going on bang, here? Bang, bang, bang. You're done, Danny. <laughs> Cooked. Yeah, I, I got to say, going through the South, I think that's pretty much what everybody's take on soccer is, is uh, when you get a, when you get a tie – it's like kissing your sister. So I've, yeah, I've, I've never right. heard it. And I think Chris just contacted you before the show. And that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to, I choose to believe that. And that's how I'm going to stay stick with it. So, and, so you guys are five games in. Oh no, go ahead, Chris. No. And, and Danny, you know, to, to give him, to give him some props here, he picked Cincinnati to, to be the leaders in, in the East, in the East. this, yeah, this year. So, I mean, it's, it's it, you guys are definitely scary, undefeated, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a game. Well, 
And, and well, that's what I wanted to get to because <clears throat> I picked you guys because I thought that your offense was going to be by far one of the best with that trio that you have up top. And you guys have started strong. You're undefeated. Mm-hmm. But it's not because of your three on top. So what exactly is going on in Cincinnati? Steve. <laughs> well, man, we uh, we've actually found a defense for once. Uh, uh, two, two of our pickups last year, uh, of course, uh, Nwobodo, Obino Nwobodo came in and absolutely solidified the midfield. Uh, that's your six, that, right? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, FC Cincinnati, uh, since being in the MLS, has not had a starting six. And finally, we, we signed one. Brought him in uh, about mid-season, and then toward the end with uh, those uh, Max Gam uh, moves and the the allocation order play, we we brought in Matt Miazga. Matt Miazga has solidified some of the back line. So we have started winning games defensively, and that's a shock to all of us. And you guys play with three in the back, no? Yeah, three. We we do a 3-5-2, FC Cincinnati. Uh, We we rolled out a... uh, 442 diamond and uh got absolutely slaughtered by austin fc beginning of last year and uh pat noonan saw saw the change coming and uh moved to 352 and we've been that way ever since uh inter miami has, has was planning on playing that diamond the 442 before the season started then we had campana go down and and joseph's running the show but he hasn't gotten going yet i think that well i mean campana supposedly coming back this week but I would love to see us run the 3-5-2 also because with our wing backs constantly up top, we should always consistently have three in the back because we're counting on our wing backs just like you guys do. Um, so I, I like that um, that formation for us if things don't change quickly, even though this week we have Campan and Joseph. What are you thinking, Chris? Well... <laughs> I mean, thank God that Campana is finally coming back, right? Like, I mean, we've been waiting for the Campana and Joseph connection since preseason when they had that uh, floating UFO, you know, looking over the practice and Mm -hmm. taking videos of them playing like gods. I figured, oh, Mm -hmm. man, this is going to be great. And then all of a sudden they're not, you know, playing together. That's something that I expect is going to be a big game changer, but... Let me tell you, a player that always scares me is this guy Acosta that you guys got, man. He is so, so good. And I don't know if it's just me, but, like, I, I he's been in the MLS for quite some time now, or at mm-hmm. least he was with D.C. United at some point, and then he's yeah. been with FC Cincinnati for the last, what, two years? I mean, he's well, got to be somebody. Just, that... just, just going off on a tangent real quick, he has, in my opinion, since I've been watching MLS over the last 10 years, the best goal I've ever seen. Not goal, the best play I've ever seen. And it was DC United, Wayne Rooney, tracking back, winning by himself. Tra- I don't know what he was doing that way back there. Tracking back, winning the ball, kicking the ball from midfield, and somehow catching Lucho right in the back post. And Lucho, which is like 5-5, five, five, <laughs> heading the ball. Like, it was just, you have to go back and you have to watch that Rooney, the Lucho goal, Chris, because it's the best play I've ever seen. And I got, coincidentally, I watched it live. I don't remember why I was watching a DC United game, but yes. So sorry, going off off tangent. Yeah, I know. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry to interrupt. No, yeah, yeah. Lucho and Acosta, third year here. um, Obviously, in 2021, not necessarily anything that you would write home about, but in 2022, again with the solidification of the midfield and being able to stay forward, 
uh, Lucho is just an absolute animal. I mean, he's, I think last year he was either first or second in assists. In assists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He had 12 assists last year, 10 goals. So Lucho is uh, the difference maker on this team. I mean, we have Brenner, we have uh, Brandon Vasquez, but Lucho is kind of the quarterback of this team. Well, and the scary part about Lucho is that he's a guy that I believe can really pick apart a team that has their left and right backs pushing up so far. Yes. And yes. that's the... Yeah, that's what scares me. Yeah, him and the fellow Argentinian, uh, Barriel. Barriel loves playing in that left wing back position, oh. playing way forward. So uh, get ready, Yedlin. It's going to be a long, <laughs> it's it's, be a long yeah. night of running around. Uh, yeah. and, and Barriel, to his credit, he tracks back pretty well. He's a young Argentinian, 21 years old. Uh, but, solid... he, but, he, but you guys have coverage in the back because you're playing with three in the back. Yes, That's the issue we have. Exactly. Once we're playing with two, once they catch Yedlin and Agri up top, we're just naked back there. So it, it's been really rough. At least the first two games we had Gregory, we, we pitched two shutouts, especially against a clean sheets against a, a Philly, which has a great offense. So Gregory's lost. We've been feeling it. Now, Brenner and Vasquez, those are the studs, or supposed to be the studs. So far, they scored one goal each, right? Vasquez scored on that rebound this past, past weekend. I think last year, was it? They were in the high 70s as far as goals and assists combined for the three of them. Mm-hmm. Through five games, they have five goals and assists combined. So what's been going on, do you think? Like, I, I was watching last game. Brenner had a few opportunities, and he just couldn't get it in the back of the net. But like, What's been going on so far at the first five games of the season? Well, that's just it. Uh, missed opportunities. Even Brenner's had some massive opportunities. I think back to just last match, he had one that you could argue is a sitter. He had one-on-one versus a goalkeeper, and Joe Willis had an incredible save uh, to 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 basically keep them in the game. At that point, we were up one nothing. Uh, but but as far as Vasquez and Brenner combined, just you know, neither of these guys played a lot of minutes in the preseason weren't around the club. You had Vasquez going off to the USMNT. You had Brenner with the contract thing, the trade thing. I think officially the, the club uh, said that he had a family issue that he attended uh, back to Brazil. Uh, but they, they really didn't have a preseason together. So it's kind of filling each other back out. But um, to be honest with you, with the defending that we have and we're getting a goal early, don't need a lot of goals. We're not asking the team to go out there and really chase after it. Well, and and it's crazy because your guys didn't have a preseason. And our guys, our two strikers, had a preseason. And that's it. That's all they've had. <laughs> and so, like, like, at this point, you know, waiting for, waiting for, like, we're us waiting for Joseph Gabbana to sort of click. Like, this is the game where everybody's not just waiting. Like, it is required that these two guys click. And I think Vasquez and Brenner, I think that they're going to they're gonna click in a matter of a game or two yeah. uh, in, in terms of how they're going to play. Yeah, both both players last year, they were really streaky. Uh, I know Brenner had, like, two hat-tricks in a total of five games, like, in a span of five games. I mean, these guys are going to get goals and get goals in rapid succession, yeah. So, yeah. I, I I don't think any anybody in the 
FC Cincinnati fan base are worried about that. <laughs> uh, I've heard that there's a, a Bundesliga team looking into Brandon Vasquez. Yes. Now, is there any fear in Cincinnati that you might lose one or both of your forwards? Yeah, I think I think most of us have already conceded. Uh, we'll definitely oh, lose God. one of them. Uh, but I mean, during the summer, I'm mean, during the season. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. definitely. I think that's been the talking point for the team. We saw what the offseason brought. Uh, a lot of interest. We had uh, uh, Chivas, Guadalajara coming after Vasquez, turned that down. Uh, the club, I believe, had an issue with uh, what they were offering for Brenner. That they believe that was, uh, I'd have to go back and look at it, but it was bottom of the table of, they were looking for a loan offer, like a 13 Yeah, it just wasn't dollar. enough. Yeah. No, yeah. no, you, yeah, it's like 11 minute, 11 million, no, uh, guaranteed buy. It was like, no way. So, you know, I think we all know that one, if not both, are going to be gone. And, uh, they've already started getting some players in. Last year, they brought in Sergio Santos. Sergio Santos kind of forgot about at Philadelphia Union. And, yes. uh, he's, he's come on. He's been a, a, a key part of this team right now when you have players that aren't you know, netting goals right now. Well, he was on the receiving end of that beautiful Lucho goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Sergio Santos. I mean, you want to talk about a team that may not have depth and having guys run a lot of minutes. Sergio Santos is an absolute nightmare. He's probably one of the fastest guys in the league as far as straight line running. Uh, you, you probably remember the beautiful goal that we had against uh, uh, New York Red Bulls in the playoffs. Sergio mm -hmm. Santos was just out hustling everybody. And Vasquez, you know, got it on the end of it. Well, I mean, at this point, you guys got to collect all the points you can because by the time summer hits, this might be a completely different team. It may not be just those two. I mean, Obino and Obino is probably the best six in the league. Uh, no disrespect to Martinez at Philadelphia. But I, I think Obina is going to get a call. I think that uh, Barriol might end up getting a call. I think we're working on a contract extension right now with Acosta, so that might be solidified. I think the most we've been offered is six million, maybe seven million dollars for him. If let's say hypothetically you guys lose Barriol, what what happens there? Because I, I was surprised that Gaddis was starting over Santiago Arias. Santiago, when I found out Santiago, Santiago Arias was going to come to MLS, I was praying that he would come to us. I'm Colombian, so I know him very well because obviously he plays with the national team. He's to me, I couldn't believe that he's not starting, at least not last week. Is he not starting for you guys? No, he picked up a knock. He picked up a knock. Okay. So what we had to do, we thought it was going to be Alvis Powell, who was kind of the consistent player in the right back position last last year. Uh, but Alvis Powell makes mistakes. He's mistake prone. Um, he, he played for he played for us. We know him well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ray Gaddis is more of a solidified presence out there. But Ray Gaddis had an absolute monster of a game last week. So, uh, you know, he, he may argue for more minutes. Uh, but you even saw he's he's multiple. He uh, Late in the match, we subbed off uh, Barial for Ray Gaddis. So Ray Gaddis slid from right back to left back, played all 90 minutes. So, yeah, I think Santi is going to definitely make it into the starting lineup in the right back position. It's just a matter of time. Oh, he's great. You should. And then funny fact about Alvis Powell, when he was down here, I used to message him every Sunday night to talk about 90 Day Fiance because he was a big 90 Day Fiance fan also. So 
fun fact. We both watched Nine Day Fiance. Um, so, okay, so Santiago, this weekend, he might be starting. Uh, it's tough to say. Gaddis had such a strong performance. Um, to, well, you guys played him in, in the midfield when you did bring him in, no? We had to, yes. We have uh, a bit of a midfield crisis. We'll probably get into that uh, a little bit here, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, Junior Moreno uh, went out to Venezuela for, uh, you know, I guess they were in, uh, where were they in Saudi Arabia for that, mm -hmm. for uh, international duty, and then also his backup. Uh, uh, good Lord, I name just absolutely. Angolo. Angolo went out to uh, Australia for the Ecuadorian team. Uh, so, and then Yaya Kubo, who also plays that position, is uh, dealing with a knee injury and probably won't be back this weekend still yet. So we had to play uh, Santiago Ares. We played uh, a, a rookie, Malik Pinto, got in. It was his debut, played a solid you know, 50, I believe, uh, 50, 60 minutes in that match. So, uh, yeah, we have a bit of a crisis there. So Santiago Arias had to play in the midfield. It was a bit of a surprise. I thought he would be in the starting lineup as a right back, but, I mean, clearly Pat Noonan uh, had a plan for him. Now, now Pinto, um, there was a couple of times he had a hard time keeping up with Mukhtar. <laughs> I mean, it's well, Mukhtar, like like man. most Yeah, like most, like most people do. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, I'm trying to find uh, reasons to be optimistic for Saturday. So don't kill me here, Justin. Yeah. yeah is, well, Pinto, <laughs> is Pinto going to be playing or starting on on Saturday? Uh, likely not. Uh, I think okay. I think both Moreno and Angolo get back on uh, tomorrow, actually on Thursday, and uh, they'll be back probably in the starting lineup. I think most people are pretty confident in that. Okay. Chris, you well, want to I'll tell you if. I, uh, well, I'm not going to uh, – first, before I talk about that crappy goalie, I just want to talk about the fact that I'm actually surprised that you guys got one past that goalkeeper, Willis. His mustache looks like it'll block at least 100 kicks a game. <laughs> so I'm actually surprised that you guys got one past that stash of a man. Man, he, he, he made – Yeah, he, he has made, some good blocks. He made he some saves. saves against us. Of course. Uh, Do you see the mustache? It looks yeah. like he works on cars for the weekend. <laughs> and, and he yeah, some of those one-on-ones too. Yeah. With it with it with the game in hand though, Chicago they, they look clearly better than they were last year. I mean, they played a solid match against us. We were down three one in the 80th yeah. minute. And then obviously they were able to uh withstand a comeback from Inter Miami last weekend. Well, yeah, let me tell you, we, Chicago we, Chicago's been like a scary sort of underdoggy team. Like everybody is sort of like shitting on this team. And for yeah. some reason, Chicago just kind of finds ways to look relevantly decent. Yeah. I, I think, I think they've, um, they've clearly improved. I mean, remember we had an interim coach last year uh, come in and they, I guess they decided to keep them on the staff, but I think they've, clearly been better they beat us we were on a, a massive win or a, a no losing streak i should say uh undefeated streak uh and chicago beat us right before the playoffs uh upset us up there and uh at, at tql stadium so chicago has things figured out i think mueller is definitely made a difference oh my I god i hate that guy i hate mueller <laughs> so much 
<laughs> I bet. I or hate him so much. Yeah. I thought you guys would never see him again. I know, man. I didn't even know he was on Chicago. when I sit right behind the goal. When I saw him running around, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is not here. But, of course, he scored. Uh, Steve has a question for you, Justin. Who do you sure. consider Cincy's biggest threat in the East? Ah, man, that's difficult to say. Um, at least at this point, within the first couple games, who do you feel is the biggest threat to Cincinnati? Probably I mean, that club from Bundesliga that's trying to buy Brunner. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, from Vasquez. Vasquez. <laughs> there'll be more. Trust me, there'll be more. Uh, no, yeah, I, I think I think for me personally, I think that uh, Toronto's had a disappointing start to the season. Obviously, not being able so, to have so those, is Philly. Yeah, Philly's unbelievably disappointing. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's completely shocking. There, I, I was shocked whenever you guys uh, were able to hand them the big L, and I was shocked this weekend when they just completely looked ejected. I know they obviously were yeah. missing their two big ones up top, but um, I mean, you know, New England people need to start, I guess, paying attention. They're just solid, man. They're they're a team that does not find ways to lose. They're they're a team that you're gonna have to go out and beat straight up. Um, we saw it last year; they were right there in the playoff hub. You guys uh, fortunately jumped over them at the end. Uh, New England's a team that can sit on there. I mean, Columbus strong showing without <laughs> some of their best players. Uh, Cucho's but, out for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cucho Hernandez is out, and they didn't have uh, Zeller on. So that's a team that's scary. So I think the East is. Really kind of, there's a bunch of horses all in the pack. I think people have a feeling that Cincinnati is the team that can get over that hump and kind of run away with it. But I I don't see that happening. I think that you're going to see a better Philly side. You're going to see a better Toronto side. I think Inter-Miami is going to be a very big threat. I know a lot of people, rumors, rumors, rumors. But I think the squad, that I think the, the roster they have right now is a team that can compete easily for a first round buy, or I guess they've completely redone the format. A four, fourth in the in the East, I think that's easily an Inter Miami. Uh, I would agree with you if, and I, I know. Look, when I say Gregory, some people are like, "Really, he's not that big a deal." Like Chris was saying in the beginning of the episode. Yes, he's but, not. But he was he was a key piece on our team because we have nobody else that plays that position. Like mm-hmm. there just isn't. Like yeah. unfortunately, like yes, maybe he's not the best. But he's the best we had. And once we lost him, it's very evident. And now that we like Phil Neville loves to run his fullbacks all the way up the pitch, we have nobody tracking back. Now, I had Matthew here that said that Negri does come back. I, th- I want to say it was the Toronto game that he got caught slacking because he didn't come back all the way and they scored on us. Like Negri does maybe do a better job, but Negri also gets nicked up halfway through the game and gets subbed out. Yedlin actually plays the 490. I'm not, and again, there's no excuse for Yedlin jogging back. There isn't. <laughs> but I, I will say, you know, in 92nd minute, he's gassed when he keeps pushing up the field. I think we need, if we're going to keep using our wingbacks the way we are, we need to change our tactics, kind of like you guys did. You guys tried the diamond, it didn't work. We have no Gregory. Let's go to that 3 5 2 like you guys are doing. We can still have our two up top and, and figure it out that way. Um, so. It, it, it's it's frustrating. It's definitely where where we're lacking right now. And, and Matthew wanted to throw this in there. Breck Shea Stadium. 
<laughs> now, hold on a second. <laughs> I think Matarita had something to say about that last year. Matarita. Oh, where is Matarita now? I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, he went to, I believe, it was either a Saudi Arabian side or a Turkish side. Forgive me. I don't remember. I saw he scored a goal last, uh, this past weekend. But yeah, Matarita, I thought he would be the guy, but obviously they found something about Real and they... You know, Madrid, I think it was like eighty, eight hundred thousand dollars or something like that. That was pretty substantial amount. Of, I mean, there, there is so much cap potential on this roster. I mean, you lose Brenner, you lose um, Bar, uh, Kubo. Vasquez. I think, think Yaya Kubo is like one of our highest paid players. He was a DP when he came in. Uh, there is so yeah, no Vasquez is actually like fifth, sixth on this roster. Really. Uh, yeah, he's he's through 2025. He just got an extension, but I he's not even a DP on this roster. Did Obi come up through your academy? No, no. Obina was a uh, uh, Turkish footballer. Turkish, okay. Yeah, he yeah. He's, he's from he's from Nigeria, but yeah, he was on a Turkish squad. Yeah, Obi 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 is gone. Just, let me just go ahead and so, put that on there. He's not making it through <laughs> the end of the season. So I rescind so, my prediction of Cincinnati winning because apparently this team is going to get demolished in the summer. I, so no it, it's either it's either it's either they're going to get demolished, right, and then they're going to yeah. have nothing but custodians playing soccer, or <laughs> they're going to have enough money to put Messi in a nice condo in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh my That's god! That's what you're telling yeah. me. Yeah, right next to Skyline <laughs> Chili. Yeah. <laughs> no, Messi, you're not. That's the thing with FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati has really made a mature approach to it. We're not in Miami. We're not in LA. Yeah. We're not in New York. We're not. <laughs> you're not in one place. of the corners. Yeah, but we do have one of the highest. I mean, our ownership group is committed, man. Uh, Money is not an option for them. You just have to navigate the cap space requirements. But uh, yeah, FC Cincinnati can get players in. We just got Muscara in from Wolves as a as a loan player. Uh, no option to buy there, so it's probably another player that might be on the way out. Um, but yeah, you think these players? They're probably. I, I can see a lot of these players being loaned back to FC Cincinnati because the club. They they don't they don't most of those uh, leagues don't start up till like October. So I think most of these players will probably get bought and loaned back. That might be a clause, particularly for somebody like Brandon Vasquez, who has so much, uh, you know, the, the salary for him is so low right now. They can probably get yeah. him cheap enough to get a loan back. Kind of like the Pulisic when he signed with Chelsea in January, but he stayed in Borussia Dortmund to finish the season. And then that following season, he went to Chelsea. Okay. I mean, yeah. if you guys can pull off something like that, then maybe. But I can't imagine that. Those teams wouldn't want to start the season off with these guys on on the on the roster. We got Chris Albright, man. Chris Albright will make sure we're good and go. <laughs> we're good to go. Yeah, every, not... Everybody thinks the GM is so awesome. Like we love our, our GM our... is solid, man. Our GM is absolutely. They they destroyed the allocation order because of our <laughs> Chris Albright. <laughs> I think he sold it off what four times last year. I mean, it was crazy. We had number one, obviously, with the holding. Uh, I guess the wooden spoon that year. Uh, and Chris Albright just played the system completely, and then he's brought in players, never made any rash, irrational, like, oh, we need this, we need this, so let's just bring somebody in, fill the spot. No, he's always been pretty solid about it. I, I have a question well, for you. Uh, talk, oh, let's go ahead, Chris. You no, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, Danny. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, on, on Saturday, talking about the game, 
we have i've heard i don't know for sure I, I i saw you guys doing it this past weekend you guys press high very high mm-hmm. <laughs> constant that, pressure from fcc that worries the hell out of me because drake calendar is one of the best shot stoppers in the league hands down top three and probably the best but when it comes to distributing the ball, just a little bias. It, it, it's it. No, 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 no. He, he is. He is. <laughs> but overall, he's not the best goalie in the league because he, he just has issues distributing the ball. That's just him. Sure. And McVay, for example, also does a couple blunders. There was a game, a, a, a ball last week where he stopped it with a header. He tried to head it out and it hit the, 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 the opposing team's forward right in the chest. And he almost gave up an, an easy shot. So we have issues when we get pressured. So what you're telling me is it's high press all game long on the road. In other words, we're giving up like five goals this weekend. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> I'm not saying five goals. Uh, <laughs> we have to net them. Um, but yes. This yes. is true. Brenner can't net it. You're right. This team, uh, particularly on the left side, uh, where you have Barrial, you have Brenner, you have Lucho Acosta sliding over, that is a very dangerous little position vasquez is more of a traditional nine like uh think of uh uh olivier Giroux over in uh ac milan or for the italian nationals team or i mean sorry the french national team he is a very just finish it make the moves in the box when the ball is coming in that's the kind of guy he is be in the right place at the right time right and lucho lucho is very aggressive in the attacking third. As far as once you get the ball to midfield, then that's when uh, you see Obina and Junior Moreno coming in and, and, and stopping the show. But yeah, that's the confidence the team has. The team pressing very high. They, they did that last season. They got burnt tons of times. They had a very slow center back uh, with uh, Jeff Cameron. Uh, very, you know, law, aged. Uh, they had players playing in the midfield like Alan Cruz. Uh, just guys that just were not capable of sustaining or alleviating the team whenever the, the high press kind of failed. So this team really likes to get at your throat the whole game. So I think for the best side, uh, is it uh, Nizri? Is that his name? Who? Uh, Negri. Negri. Negri, yeah, yeah, Negri. Negri is um, probably going to be the player that's going to have high position in this game. In my opinion. Well, I think you playing out of the left is probably going to be the best move for Inter Miami. Well, and if you see here, Lucas is saying high press incoming three goals allowed on Yedlin's side just because he doesn't backtrack. And then well, to add and on I, to and that, I will tell you, uh-huh. Matthew with an incoming fourth goal because Drake passes it to Brenner, and we need to pray <laughs> for uh, for a draw. Steve, uh, well, don't do that. No. All right, so what I did notice of when I was watching that game between Cincy and Nashville, mm-hmm. you guys build up on the left side a lot. A lot, yeah. A I, lot. So you I, guys – so the game. So you're left heavy. So I, I don't want to see Yedlin pushing up this game <laughs> at all yeah. because he's going to get caught with flat-footed all game long because you guys like to build up the left often. Yes. So obviously, and that's where we have our weakness. A lot yeah. of our goals, I have, I have to look into that stat, but I want to say the majority of our goals in play have been built up the left side because yeah, for sure. we just get caught slacking back there. That's why yeah. everybody's predicting three goals on Yedlin's side. 
forgive me for forgetting his name, but the uh, I believe the Chicago coach had something to say about that. Yeah. Yes, he actually <laughs> called it out. He actually called it out. And then when one of our reporters asked Neville about it, basically said, hey, the Chicago coach said uh, you're pushing everybody up and that's why we caught you with your pants down. And he's like, oh, that's bullshit. And it's like, <laughs> it's kind of not he bullshit. Said we get narrow. Like, no, he said we get narrow. He said we get narrow and we leave the back, po- back post open. Yeah. Which is true also because, because we're not tracking back. We have our center back that pushes in. And all of a sudden, one of the sides is open. You, um, getting, you getting narrow is giving me a lot of vibes that uh, Brenner will probably be likely our, our top goal scorer in this game. I, I, I don't guy, doubt it. He's the guy that can come in. And, and, and even Barrial. Barrial plays really well in the box when he's up there. But, yeah, I think Brenner, that little give-and-go play with Lucho Acasa, it's going to be dangerous all night. Well, and I saw it. You guys have scored seven goals all season, and they've all been inside the box. Yes. Like, you guys you guys create goals. Like, we have, I think, six goals all year, and two of them from outside the box. One of them we thrusted in with our hips. Like, one was a bunch one of rebounds, and we, we it, was, it was a miracle. Like, we have not looked good offensively. At all, and and I hate that this episode is turning into Inter Miami bashing, but that's just where we're at. Three games, three losses in a row, and the first two weren't necessarily convincing, even though we won two zero. Like we're not really feeling good about our team right now. Yeah, but I and, mean, you have no Capana or no. Uh, just well, that's the hope. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's that the, hope. the hope. That, that yeah. that's that's the hope that this week changes. But let me just shit on them just a little bit more. <laughs> we, there's only one team that's allowed more shots on goal than we have. That's Austin. Only Austin. team. I was going to guess uh, yeah. uh, probably uh, Kansas City, but uh, Austin Austin's the next. only team. Yep. And we are by far the team that has that loses the most heading duels. We don't win headers when teams go in the air. We just can't because we have no size. So we are by far the worst at that. So That's not good. That's not no, good not. facing FC Cincinnati because we have some big dudes. Brandon Vasquez. Uh, Depending on which side of the box you're talking about, I think that we're not as effective. We're we're really poor on set pieces. Really, really poor. That's that's probably the biggest gripe that FC Cincinnati fans have, if you could have a gripe. But uh, on on the defensive end, Mosquera, uh, uh, Miazga, and Hagelin are all very, very big center backs that definitely win the ball. I think I think Hagelin last year was number one in the MLS at winning. Uh, high point balls. Going, think... going off of just percentages, we only win 33% of our heading duels. Mm. And that is by far the worst. But we've had guys playing striker position this whole year, other than Borgelin, that are under 5'5". Five, five. Like, yeah, Stefanelli. You can't, you can't do it. Stefanelli's like 5'2". Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> right? Like, he is you like, know... Uh-huh. Uh, and, and and bringing up Steve Steve's uh, comment, right? Uh, we might be able to neutralize Cincy with five in the back. If I'm not misinterpreting your comment, Steve, I feel like this game is going to be eight in the back, and then Joseph and Campana are just going to be the only ones up at the top, because yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to need in order to play Cincy. I think bombs are the best way to go against Cincinnati. To be honest with you, I think the, I think bombs are the probably your best potential of scoring a goal against Cincinnati this year because at times you know obviously with the way we play with Barrial, um, particularly on our uh, 
I guess our left side, our right side's kind of herky jerky, but with with Hagelin and Gaddis playing on that right side, I think they if they really solidified it. But sometimes they can get caught out of position a little bit on that side. Wonder what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but they they really do have a great chemistry with each other. They know their spacing really well. I think uh, uh, if if you venture over to Cincinnati Soccer Talk, uh, Coach Golf breaks it out really well as far as that spacing and that dynamic. Uh, they, they've done really well to, to prevent that, but I think bombs are probably the way to go with Cincinnati. You need players that play high, uh, really keep uh, Cincinnati's back line honest uh, because they're playing up high. I mean, you, you have well, like one center back sitting back during those press moments. Well, we'll have Campana and Joseph back, which is my hope. I mean, I don't know if Campana will start. I know he's going to play. He might get subbed in. But my hope is that they start. And I will tell you, now that you're talking about the long ball, only Seattle has connected on more long balls than we have this season. Okay. So we're accurate with our long ball. So, I mean, that gives me some hope. So, yeah. Chris, did you want to ask about the goalie or no? Because Chris hates your goalie. Yes, I do. I do <laughs> want to ask about him. Okay. I hate, I, uh, I, okay. I hate this guy, Celentano. And, and it just goes back to that game that I mentioned that we tied. This guy, I, yeah. now we yeah, should have we won were, because Postuelo was not offside. No, Postuelo was not offside. Listen, we should have gone up four-one, and the game would have been a wrap. Yaya Kubo was in the corner flag. You guys hip checked him. Judo threw him into the sideline. Like I don't want to hear about it's that. Miami, baby. That's how we do. That was not offside. <laughs> they literally drop kick pseudo bombed him. But that was not offside. I was just look. The thing is, from the perspective, from our seats, right. He, they finished the game where Miami was coming towards us. And the fact that they won on a tie, and I just see Salentano there celebrating like if he just won the World Cup for his home country. <laughs> I literally wanted to vomit on the field. And I hated every second of his joy. And the worst part is, is like, he is kind of good. Like, we did get robbed, and he's kind of good, but I kind of don't want to admit it, but, like, I'm officially admitting it here with you. Uh, I just don't like him, man. Like, is he really that good? Is there, like, competition Yeah, a great double there? save like, this past Saturday. Yes, he did. He, yeah. He's, he's, he's a great shot stopper. Uh, I think at times we can find him, and that's another part of the aspect of uh, bombing the ball down the field is he's kind of hesitant. Like he, yeah. he, he's not exactly sure what he's gonna do. Does he come out? Does he not? Uh, mm, I think he gets caught in no man's land sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And, mm. and then the other thing, Campana is, likes that. Yes, last, he does. Last season in particular, I think the communication aspect was pretty poor. I think that Jeff uh, Cameron was a lot more of the vocal leader on the back line, and there yeah. was quite a few times, particularly when we played Columbus. I remember uh, we. There was a clear and obvious save by Celentano. You just have to wave off Jeff Cameron. Jeff Cameron, you know, poor clearance, back to the back line, easy goal for Columbus crew, and, of course, uh, snake bitten by Columbus crew. But, yeah, it, I think communication can improve with Celentano, but as far as shot stopping, I think the guy, the guy is incredible. It And last year was his rookie year. You know, yeah. top – I think he was second in the uh, MLS Super Draft, so it's – pretty good uh, whatever right. so <laughs> other than other, other than talking about that guy uh, other than that as a weakness what do you consider to be cincinnati's weakness 
Yes, uh, if you're trying to make us feel like we have some hope, right? You're talking to Inter Miami fans right now, right? Those are the people that listen to this podcast on audio, and we have some people that watch on YouTube, and you're talking to them right now. Tell them, we have hope because... Uh, set pieces. You just, like, FC Defending them? I think, yes, defending them, you don't have to worry about it. I think that FC Cincinnati has just proved no acclimate for it. Um Barriel is a lot more creative, uh, has a better touch than Lucho Acosta, but I, I think that you have to find a way to uh, kind of slow down FC Cincinnati, maybe play a little bit more physical. Don't be afraid to clear the ball. Don't be afraid to give up corners against FC Cincinnati. If you do those kind of things, you really exhaust FC Cincinnati late into yeah. the match because there's, there's really nothing FC Cincinnati can do from those set pieces, to be honest with you, midfield uh, into the attacking third or even corners, they're they're just not a great team at that. Okay, so you heard we just gotta kick the ball whenever we get our foot on it, just kick the shit out of it and kick it out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, foul, fouls a plenty. Foul, foul. <laughs> that, that that says a lot for for Mota. So hopefully Mota can be able to mm. finally strike a couple in the back of the net. Mm. All right, so everybody's asking for it, so we're going to ask also. Justin, your prediction for this Saturday's game. Oh, man. I've gotten back and forth with it. I've been, I guess, uncharacteristically pessimistic for, uh, I think, other than the Seattle game, I think people thought I was crazy. I picked a 2-0 result against Seattle. People went nuts about that. But we we did win (laughs) 1-0. But it's yeah. like, uh, um, but I, I'm probably going to go, I think it's a 2-1 for Cincinnati. I think we find enough, um, like we said, like we mentioned multiple times with the, the three on the left, Costa, Brenner, uh, Barriol. I think we find enough to score goals there. But I do think that it's not going to be an easy game for FC Cincinnati. I think if Caron, if Capano really does, Capana really does play this match. And uh, we all know, uh, you guys may not be aware of this because he's new to your team, but Joseph Martinez has absolutely been a terrorist to FC oh, Cincinnati in the oh, past. Oh, to, to yes. Cincinnati in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. He's a goal scoring machine against us. So uh, uh, fortunately last season, uh, Atlanta United was just, bringing him in as a substitute <laughs> each of the games. So it was only yeah. a couple minutes that you were afraid of him, like how we yeah, were of Kamara. Crazy. Like last last game, I told my son when Kamara came in, I'm like, I think we're going to fucking lose this game. <laughs> so- <laughs> well, Joseph finally netted a goal for his national team. So it's the first time this calendar year where it, when it counts, right? Because preseason didn't count. I don't, know if you, I don't think he scored there either, actually. But that he sees the ball go to the back of the net. Hopefully that does something for him. And having Campana to run off of might help also. So that gives me some hope. So, yes. and But we are – last year we were abysmal on the road. And this year so far we haven't looked good either. We haven't scored on the road yet. Did we? No, we didn't. Well, I mean, technically McVeigh scored against his own team. Oh, brother. Chris, yeah. give me your prediction. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> well – I think I actually think that it's going to be a lot more competitive. Um, I, I think the weather is actually not going to be too bad for the game. Um, I think that the score might be three two, and Miami loses. Um, but I think that if Joseph and Campana play, 
I think that for sure we're going to put some goals in the we're going to put some balls in the back of the net. So I think it's going to be three two. Miami loses. Uh, Lucas with the great analogy here. Inter Miami on the road is like my girlfriend, non-existent. Don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm I'm also. I don't think that we're going to win this game. I I'd be happy to go, leave with a draw. Um, it's hard for me to kind of predict this game just because I don't know what we're going to look like when Campana comes back. If Campana comes back and that helps, you know, unlock Joseph, then I think we have a chance. But because I don't know that, it's kind of hard to predict. So just going based off of how we've looked so far, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, we lose 2-0. We lose 2-0 and um, we're bad on Yuck. the road. We haven't looked good in that final third. I don't know if Campana changes that. And... I, unless if we come out with a change tactic, if we come out with five in the back or three, five, two, something like that, where our where fullbacks aren't don't necessarily have to, they have to still track back. But it's not we're not as dependent on them tracking back as we've been the first five games. I'll feel a little better about it um, with the long ball, like you said. That makes me feel a little better about it. The fact that you guys aren't good at set pieces, we aren't necessarily either. But I mean, we're not good at winning headers, so that that's a good thing. Also, I, I'm trying to feel better about it, but. Until I see it, I won't believe it. I, I think we lose 2-0. And by the way, it's going to be 55 degrees. It's not raining or anything like that. So it's actually going to be pretty nice weather. Uh, the, the Florida boys can be able to kind of enjoy it still. <laughs> now, one thing we do like to ask... Kind of weather. One thing that we do like to ask everybody that comes on here, uh, because you know we don't get to travel to all the games, what's the game day experience like in Cincinnati? Oh, FC Cincinnati, uh, I haven't been to too many road matches, but I've been to quite a few uh, collegiate athletic uh, events. FC Cincinnati is more of a, it's just like a, it's like a carnival kind of atmosphere. I mean, it, it really is it's like a festival kind of a, like, you know, think of your uh, Oktoberfest if you have one down in Miami. Uh Maybe some of the events that happen down in the Keys. Uh, people, it's just a good time, man. Uh, it's a bar atmosphere, restaurant atmosphere. People uh, enjoy going out to the FC Cincinnati games. They get there super early, which frustrates the hell out of me because I is there tailgating? No, no. FC Cincinnati is uh, it's it's a it's a predominantly bar, uh, pub, restaurant kind of scene. There's like about a hundred bars within you know, two or three blocks away from. Oh, really? Stadium. Yeah. yeah so that's, it, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. There's actually a bar I, literally right across the street. You could just walk right down the steps and go into a bar right away. But yeah, it's, it's a German town. So it's, it's, there's lots of bars. There's lots of good dining restaurants. Uh, they really upgraded that side of town back in like 2015, 2012, 2015, somewhere in that range. They, they really fixed that side of town. So, it's a it's, it's a great atmosphere. I mean, they have a park, Washington Park, right there that they have you know the kids get out and run around, play. They bring out food trucks. They bring out you know breweries, bring oh, nice. stuff and stuff like that. It's a microbrewing heaven in Cincinnati. How's the supporters group? Because we have a very lively supporters group. Like we have, I I, I mean, I have no problem saying we have one of the best, and we're relatively a new team because you guys were around usl day so you guys have a history yes. like we're relatively new 2020 was our yeah. first year and we couldn't even go to the stadium back then but i still think we have one of the best supporters groups 
Like, how's your supporter group? Our supporter group are incredible. They're absolutely incredible. I mean, they're 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 large. The the famous Cincinnati March. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, you, you get. Oh, Cincinnati! Oh man, you got to on the MLS season pass. You'll be able to to kind of go in there. I think it's like in the traditions or whatever mm-hmm. uh, section for each team. But uh, it started in the USL days. I mean, you know, talking thousands of supporters walking, marching straight down the street, drums. You know, people you know waving their banners. Got their Tifos uh, got their scarves. Uh, it, it's incredible the, the support they have. The road support's amazing. Uh, the play, the, you know, each of those supporter groups, they get together, they, they, they bus down to a stadium. They are absolutely incredible. Uh, they have different, each of the bars too. That's one thing that I've noticed is like, you, you almost have like a map. There's different supporter groups that meet up at pubs and then the march that's comes nice. through and they just collect each supporter group. as they Oh, go that's cool. The as they pass by, they just start joining in. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like a movie. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's like a flash dance. <laughs> yeah. They just it randomly like start popping in. It really and then is. Kevin Bacon just comes out of nowhere. Oh, is that too old of a reference? Yeah, like Jesus. Mark Wahlberg around these parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the well, that's, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, you guys didn't make it down to Miami. Well, at least the supporters groups. I didn't see them down in Miami. Not too much last year. Yeah, it's it, it kind of a difficult thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're talking about the summer months. Uh, they'll, they'll they'll probably be in stronger force uh, now that we have a reasonable squad i think uh, what was miami was miami a wednesday night game last year uh, i can't I mean, even i don't think so no that was a saturday because that's when we got robbed we got robbed on a saturday yeah so you look to probably see some of that change this year i know that obviously the, the more local teams uh we, we have a good showing i think we had uh, easily a thousand supporters in nashville this weekend and uh, I think we're going to have something to that effect against St. Louis in a couple of weeks. Well, I, that's the benefit that you guys have, that you guys are so close to so many cities. Yeah. Like for us, yes. we're so far from everything. <laughs> we, we show up to Orlando and then after that, it's kind of like, hey, you go if you can afford the plane flight because it's just, we're just far from everything else. Yeah. But you, you have that local club in Miami. You have two clubs in Miami. Oh, they're not oh, yeah. us, though. We don't... <laughs> Get U.S. Open Cup, man. You don't even have to leave town. Hey, that's true. We went to, uh, to uh, the University of FIU to watch them I think, last I think that... we went to our second-round matchup was in New England for whatever reason that year. What so, the hell? Uh, bypass all of our local rivalries. Just go straight up to New England. Listen, the 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 Miami – I mean, not the Miami Fusion. Miami FC, that where they play, is closer to us. Danny and I, then we're in a Miami place. So, oh, wow, Inter Miami plays an hour away from us because they're not playing in Miami right now, they're playing in Broward County. So, while they still build the stadium, which yeah, should be hopefully, why have and you, some... can I ask you guys a question real quick? Go for it, sure, yeah, bring it. How How's the academy going in Inter Miami? Because when I said that, when I heard that David Beckham was going to have a team down in mm-hmm. Miami. As a guy who is obsessed, well, you know, obviously FC Cincinnati is my first love, but you you have, you know, I have an interest in Southeastern uh, Conference football. And I'm thinking of Dade County and Broward County. I'm thinking that these are the primo athletes, probably the best athletes in the world are down in that region. If well, they for can American get an football, academy, for sure. 
Yeah. Oh, but even so, even so, once you start marketing that kind of stuff in academies, I'm sure you can. And, our, and well, oh, our yeah. academy is growing. We have Noah Allen coming out of our academy. We have Kromoski. We have we had a lot of academy players play for us last week because yeah. we're, we're, we're we're leaning on the young guys. Uh, I think that our academy, although uh, still young, right? We, we haven't been along very long. Yeah. It's coming along nicely, and I think that everybody's everybody's expecting good things. Um, but like I said, it's very young and we'll see how these young kids, like Noah Allen was the first thing Academy player to start for us, but unfortunately with injuries and everything, he hasn't been able to stay on the field, but for sure. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, he says he hates giving our Academy players playing time. I, I wouldn't say that. I think the Academy is looking good. And I think, like I said, last week, I thought that he put them in to our detriment. I didn't think he should put up so many Academy players yeah, and we should have tried did. to he hold put on a to that. He put out a lot of academy players last week. So, yeah. Uh, Chris, they're asking for the question. Are you going to drop the question? So, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's just drop it. I mean, I've been, look, I've been trying to drop it like for weeks, like get it off. But I think at this point, it's become like an ending staple to the show. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Justin, whether you're ready or not, here it comes. Right. So we we got a picture of uh, five pieces of steak and six pieces of toast, uh, depending on what you pick. OK, um, you got to pick one of each. So what uh, steak and what toast me. is your preference? Oh, I'm, I'm going to you can't two. be worse than our last guest. I'm going two and two all day. Oh, so, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I can ride. Yeah, I can ride with you with the two on the steak, but that, that yeah. bread. That looks like it was just uh, microwave. No, no, no. Just lightly toast. Get a good it looks like it that. was lightly placed on a candle is what it looks like. You're <laughs> oh, cooking the bread in, in the 1400s. <laughs> Over here on like five and six, man, you might as well just eat cardboard, dude. That's There's no nutrients. Well, all right. right. I, picked, I picked five, by the way. I picked five. Yeah. We had somebody oh, pick so. six last week. Oh, somebody look, picked six. Chris, you, you forgot about Borgelin. Borgelin, the Haitian sensation. I'm sorry, we're talking about academy oh, yeah. players, and, and oh, Matthew brought yeah. up Borgelin. So, uh, yeah. we, we got yeah, a Haitian I, sensation. I, hopefully, I, I think I think over the years, I've I've said this against um, some of the FC Cincinnati guys, some of the guys at Cincinnati Soccer Talk. I think you give it ten years, you start showing some of those communities in Broward County what kind of money these MLS contracts look like at the youth level. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking about like 14, 15 year olds getting signed to some major clubs in Europe. I think well, we're seeing a shift. We have a big South American presence down here, and there's just there's just natural love for soccer down here. Yeah. So the more it grows, the yep. more the, the, the community is going to grow with it. And I think that not not even talking about MLS, just U.S. men's national team. I think in 10 years we're going to be doing so well with obviously. We have the infrastructure to build with with all our facilities to train these kids, and also there's going to be so many more players playing, and it just I think that we're going to be doing we're going to be on another level I think in ten years. I think it's a sleeping giant. I think it's the biggest sleeping giant in the league, for sure. And look at the size of our country. You think we can't put up together a solid eleven if we get this sport to grow here? A solid eleven out of the size of this country yeah. with what we have to work with? Come on. Like in ten years after twenty twenty six, when when soccer blows up after the World Cup, forget about it. By twenty thirty, we're we're gonna be in another yeah. stratosphere, I think. Oh, and well, Matthew and, wasn't and here Justin, for Italy, but... 
Yeah, uh, Matthew, if if you don't know who picked six, go to our last uh, Monday show, check it out, and then no, it was I it was the you... Toronto preview show. It was the yeah, it was the oh, so it was two Wednesdays ago then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go check out our two Wednesdays ago show when we preview Toronto, and then berate him on Twitter, and let him know <laughs> how much how terrible he is for picking six. Don't for, worry for eating ashes. You're, he was basically eating. He was eating ashes. <laughs> you're, you're, oh my God. Justin, you're good, but th- there's some guys that are kind of questioning your microwave bread, uh, your microwave bread love here. So I love it's, bread. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Often doughy. That's bread. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, one last question for you from me, at least, Justin. If anybody in the chat wants to ask any more questions, feel free, Chris. You also. But my last question: Who is a bigger rival? I would assume it's Columbus, but is it Columbus or Nashville? Because I know they're pretty pretty close. It's actually an oddball. It's still in the USL. I think Louisville City will forever be our biggest rival. I think really? that Columbus in the MLS, I think that just – you have to think FC Cincinnati just sprung out of nowhere. 2016, 2015, 2016, made the announcement, bringing a club here to Cincinnati. Most of these people that were in FC Cincinnati, soccer-loving fans, were Columbus Crew fans. So, you know, having that split and even in the Dayton area, uh, a lot of people were Columbus Crew fans. So there's kind of a little bit of a weird dynamic there. Nashville is just kind of a team that came on at the same time as us. They're reasonably local, but in the USL days, Louisville FC, it was just it was bitter, bitter, bitter rivals. I think there's going to have to be a natural rivalry based on the matches played. For FC Cincinnati, I think. Oh, I was gonna say St. Louis City then. Could be, could be, but you're, you're already you're already punching in a market where I mean they have Kansas City right down the street. So how much are they gonna share that hatred? But I think I think Columbus Crew probably you could say if you're just talking about MLS teams, I think Columbus okay. Crew will probably be because of the Cincinnati and uh, Columbus natural rivalry with collegiate athletics and all that stuff. So. Chris, well, you got anything and, else? I mean, and, and St. Louis, huh? They're freaking serious right now. I mean, just just to, just to add that on there. Um, <laughs> and and it's funny because you bring up uh you bring up Louisville and and just just to get your if you could just cover it real quickly. What's your opinion on MLS at some point having like a pro rel sort of system? Uh, I mean, I would love it, but it's just, it's not even worth mentioning because it's just, it will never happen with the MLS. I think that's what yeah. US, I think the USL has made it to where that's their mission statement. That's what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. You see how many teams they've expanded in the last few years. So for MLS, I don't think it's even worth talking about. I don't think MLS is ever interested in having a pro rel um, situation. So USL is just going to have to come up with the money themselves to, try to compete for that top spot but uh, i would love it of course i would love it i mean there's multiple local teams nearby you have indy 11 in indianapolis you have louisville city down there louisville you have lexington uh sc they just started this season i mean it would be fantastic to see this whole circle of teams be able to compete but you're just not going to get that from the ownership group well, and it's funny because somebody brought up in the comments about Miami FC down here where everybody, I mean, this is Miami. So like, how can anybody not think of it? 
right? That it's a money laundering scheme, I guess. So I guess down here in Miami, since we're known for laundering money and building buildings in downtown off of cocaine money, right? Like that, <laughs> Miami FC is just living off of the, the money of drugs laundered. This, this just went somewhere I did not expect, Chris. We're gonna yeah. We're I mean, to hey, you back. asked, you said it. You said that I I can ask a question, so I went off on a tangent, and well, now I, we're talking. I didn't about think cocaine. you were gonna go cocaine cowboys on me though. <laughs> oh man! All right. All right. Well, uh, I don't think anybody else has any more questions. Oh wait. Oh no. Yeah. He does. Okay. So, thank you, Justin, for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, I really hope that we kick your ass this weekend, even though I doubt it. <laughs> but, I mean, we need this win a lot more than you guys do. Is there any chance that you guys are overlooking us since you have Philadelphia the following no, week? No, no, not with the last match that we had against Inter Miami. I think that left a bitter taste. In a lot of When you guys robbed us? Uh, I think that I think they're, the fill-in's mutual a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you guys scored in, like, the final minute of stoppage time to make it 3-3. And, and yeah, like but if we would have taken that four-one lead, the game would have been over. But then you guys that 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 phantom offside call, and then shit just went out of control for us after that. Yeah, that that absolute hip check in the corner. I think that lives <laughs> in a lot of people's minds. <laughs> All right. Well, again, Justin, thanks a lot, and uh, tell Thank people you. where they can find you if anybody wants to hear any more Cincinnati soccer talk. Yeah, I'm on. Uh... Uh, Cincinnati Soccer Talk. They have a website, CincinnatiSoccerTalk.com. Uh, on Twitter, Cincy Soccer Talk. Uh, we do a lot of articles. We do uh, a ton of podcasts. I think podcasts brings in our, our, our most viewerships. We have Talking Tactics, break down the nuances of the game. We have our uh, uh, you know our weekly show with Cincinnati Soccer Talk. So check us out on Apple. Uh, podcast or Google podcast, whichever uh, platform you have, or check us out on our website, CincinnatiSoccerTalk.com. Thank you, sir. Make sure you go support Justin and those guys. We appreciate you. Chris, you got anything else for the people? We're good, man. It's uh, it's all on uh, Inner Miami to destroy Cincy this weekend. I hope that the Inner Miami fans go in droves to the game and just heckle the I, hell I, I out of uh, heckle the hell out of that goalie. I haven't heard of too many people making it out to the game, which is unfortunate because I would love to. I've heard that that stadium is oh, beautiful, yeah. so I would love to. Yes. And now that I know that the, the bar environment outside of it, I think oh, it would be really cool to go out there and spend the yeah. day out there early. Uh, well, maybe next season we can make it happen, or if we play them in the playoffs. All right. Well, again, thank you guys in the chat for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. For those of you that aren't listening live, thank you for sticking till the end. And uh, we will catch you guys on Monday, when we are back to our regularly scheduled program, we're reviewing the latest win over Cincinnati. Catch you guys on Monday.